Welcome back to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. It is January 18th, 2021. And what do you know, Malcolm? The Twins have not made a signing yet. Yeah. Every year it seems like the off-seasons take longer and longer to develop. And we're just trying to make it through back to spring again. We're getting closer and closer, Max. It's less than a month now until pitchers and catchers report, assuming we start on time. And as of right now, it seems like that's the plan. Yeah, I oh, I'm so excited. I am it in this next month something is going to happen. Um we've signed Robles. Uh that's that's really it. Um me and Malcolm have talked about how oh this week something's got to happen. So next week we'll just be telling you about how we signed Trevor Bauer or something like that. You know, it hasn't happened. Uh the thing is it's not like we're the only team who's not doing stuff. You know, the people like the White Sox, the Yankees, they're they're making moves. the Mets, the Phillies and Nats, they're making moves, but a good majority of the teams are sitting, you know, Trevor Bauer hasn't been signed. Tanaka hasn't been signed. Paxson, Odorizzi, Cruz, Ozuna, all these guys have not been signed. It's, um, it doesn't hundred percent surprise me at this point. Um, or it kind of surprises me that it's taking so long. Um, it, it mainly just annoys me because it's like, I would rather have like a stretch of like three, four months without baseball I would rather have constant news to fill in the blanks there than having it like a bunch of news the week before the before the spring training starts, you know? I want it to be a little bit more spread out, and I want the Twins to make a move. Yeah, uh, this is just how the offseason is, especially with this Twins front office. They've always done this. They've been waiting until late offseason, even into spring training, to make their big moves. Last year, we signed Donaldson right around this time we were talking about last week, and then we made the Maeda trade still another month or so down the road. Like we, this front office like to let the offseason develop and find the bargains because the guys that aren't getting the contracts they were hoping to get, they can hop on later and sign them. But it also seems like the longer you wait, the less, less options there are. And I think we want to talk about a few of the options fell off the board this week. And the biggest one is, well, the biggest one for the twins is Liam Hendricks, uh, actually former twins, minor leaguer um, was considered by many to be the best closer in baseball over the last couple of years for Oakland. And he signed with the Chicago White Sox. It's a weird contract. He's guaranteed three years and he's guaranteed 54 million, but either the the last part of that 54 million will be given over a fourth year if they pick up the option or will be spread out over the next 15 years. If they decline the option and the money will go to him as a buyout. Um, but this is big because the White Sox now, have an argument to be one of the best bullpens in the majors with a top-line closer at the back end. What do you think about that, Max? Um, this is dangerous. Um, the there are, It's, it's kind of scary. I think we were talking about this before we started recording, and I don't, you know. Anyways, my point is I think the White Sox, at this point, if the season were to start, would win the division. Not definitely, you know. Not everything is going to go right for them but they definitely have a good chance of winning the division. Of course, the Twins are going to make moves. This is, again, if the Twins have, the twins haven't even signed Cruz yet. We haven't done anything with our pitching staff. We have such a talented lineup. We have so many guys getting into our prime that I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried that the Twins won't um, make it to the playoffs because I know we will. I just, I'm hoping we win the division. I think there's a good chance we win the division. 
especially if we sign somebody like Nelson Cruz again, and then we go out trade for somebody, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray. We'll get into that later. Now it's not for ranting. It's for talking about these signings. It's a good signing from the, for, from uh, the White Sox. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, you know, they paid a pretty good amount and now I think there's, they're going to be done spending. I don't know exactly how much left they have in their payroll, but it can't be too much. They're paying what? That's like 13 ish million a year. I don't know. It's such a confusing 13, 14. Yeah. It's like such a confusing contract, but I think it's like 13, 13 and a half something million a year, um, which is a pretty good amount for a reliever. But of course, of uh, Hendricks caliber, I'm not crazy surprised in the way the White Sox have been spending, but it's a good signing for them. They now they have they, it definitely like puts a lot of depth in their bullpen. Um, but I still don't think they. I think the Twins, if they make some good signings here, can still have a better bullpen. Yeah, I think that this is, and I think they they way overpaid for this signing. I am of the mind that relievers should not be paid that high. Sort of the belief that all relievers are failed starters, pretty much. The reason Liam Hendricks in the bullpen is because he couldn't make it as a starting pitcher. He tried. And, really didn't do well and they got with the bullpen succeeded but many many of the great relievers I mean all of them started at some point in their careers as starting pitchers many of them made it even through the minors as starting pitchers before moving to the bullpen that's not to say they aren't great pitchers in the bullpen but I think to pay 13 14 million bucks per year that could be that's likely more than Jake Odorizzi's getting per year to pitch three or four times as many innings yep. and I just think that that's a I don't think it's a great use they're spending. But with that being said, the White Sox have a good lineup and a good rotation. And the spot they were looking to fill is the back inning of game, the ninth inning of games. And now every time the Twins play the White Sox, if they're down after eight innings, it's looking real, real bad for them when it's – it would never look great, but it's worse now. And so if they're willing to do that, kudos to them. And the fact their front office is willing to spend, I'm honestly jealous of. And I'm hoping the Twins are willing to go out and make some big signings, though I'd rather it be – a starting pitcher or a hitter rather than a relief pitcher. For sure. And I think that's a good point. I think I'd rather get a hitter. Again, some might say we have one of the best lineups in the league. Well, you look at 2019, we had arguably the best lineup in the league. We had not great pitching. Then in 2020, we had some of the best pitching in the league. One of the, one of the worst line, or not one of the worst lines in the league, not a great lineup in the league, you know? Um, I think it, like when not one of the elite lineups. And so then I think people, cause people always want that more exciting lineup where it's like head to toe, just filled with like these crazy good guys, you know, like the white Sox, they had, they had such an electrifying offense last year. They did. They went the same distance in the playoffs that the twins did, except that the twins won the division. The white Sox didn't pitching is just as valuable as hitting um, in so many aspects in, you know, it's definitely, an, it's an argued topic, but um, I think the fact that, the twins everybody's gonna be sleeping on the twins now we make some good signings for our offense and um for the pitching we'll have such a well-rounded team but now we're going to talk about another signing um is that Corey kluber somebody who i personally was super high on is going to the new york yankees on a one-year deal yeah when we talked about payroll plan last week max put Corey kluber in his Twins payroll is planned for the rest of our offseason. And I had talked about separately from that how I thought he was a great signing for the Twins to make as a bounce back candidate. And now he's with the hate, much hated New York Yankees. Yeah. And so is DJ LeMayhew. That's just a ton of talent there going to a team that is trying to win. And another couple of big players the Twins missed out on. I think that LeMayhew signing is a total bargain. 
it's 15 million bucks per year over the next six years is not all that different from the Hendricks contract, which is crazy because LeMahieu over the last two years finished top – he finished top three in the MVP voting this year, top five last year. He's been arguably the best hitter in baseball over the last couple of years, just dominant, batting like 325 with good power and great second-base defense with the ability to play third base or first base and a tiny bit of shortstop. It's so, so valuable. And I think he's got, I think he's got total steal on this. And I, I was actually on him going to the Twins, but didn't seem like that was ever something they considered. Yeah, I think um, – so if you look at, like, for example, because usually if you want to find out how somebody is – like how valuable somebody is and, like, how much they should be paid, you look at their war, right? Well, you look at Liam Hendricks' war in um, – what's, like, first at 2020, he had a war of – where in the world is his war? Oh, yeah, yeah. For 2020, 2020, he had a 1.4 war. Very good season. Uh, well, 3-1, 1.78 ERA, um, 0.671 whip. You know, that's a really, really good year. LeMayu, 3.0 war, over two times the war, and he's getting paid like $1.5 million more per year. I, I don't understand the logic in, in this. I think the Yankees got a steal. I think the White Sox paid way too much. I think they're both valuable signings, but I think that LeMayu automatically, first of all, the fact that he's like, he's being used every single day for the entire game. Hendricks is going to come in in the seventh, maybe like two innings if he needs to be um, early or in the ninth, because, you know, more of a closing role. Um, but he's not going to be, he won what, Cyung ninth in the Cyung, uh 13th in the MVP. LeMayu, in LeMayu got third in the MVP this year, fourth in the MVP last year. He's won so many. He's won a couple gold, a few gold gloves. He's but made it to the All Star game. He would have this year um, too if there was an All Star game. But I feel like they DJ, DJ sorry DJ LeMayu is so much more valuable automatically than Liam Hendricks, and for him to be paid one and a half million more just doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh, LeMahieu, I think the reason he took this deal was that he just wanted the years. It's six years, which is a lot for 31. He's going to be 32 this year, so it's going to take him to age 37 season, which getting $15 bucks per year in your age 37 season is often going to be a bad deal for a team. But it, even if he is bad at that point, if he can be anywhere – this is a thing we talk about a lot, long contracts. You're not counting the player to be the best player at the end of the contract. You're just hoping they'll be the best player at the beginning. And LeMahieu – all signs point to him being one of the MVP candidates next year and the year after, even if he's not at the end of this deal. So as much as I hate to admit, the Yankees made a great deal here. And it's another team that is going out to sign the top players and try to win the American league and an American league where there isn't a clear favorite the way there is in the national league with the Dodgers and the twins need to fill that hole. And I think we want to talk about that a little bit more with just the twins need to do something. It's we keep saying if the patience is good the patience is all right we can find good deals but at a certain point the options are starting to fall away you're losing lots of top top free agents and it's going to be harder to fill the holes once they're all gone yeah malcolm i think this is definitely something uh we need to talk about i it's i think it's super i think it's it's so unfair to me i i mean i know i know the fans aren't everything or anything like that. That's what I'm saying. But the fact that like, we're just sitting here on the edge of our seats waiting for something to happen. We have holes in our lineup, Malcolm. We've got 
three like solid start. We've got three solid starters: Maeda, Brios, Pineda. You know, a guy like Thorpe, Dobnak, Smelser can get called up. Do you want that guy to be your fifth starter? I'd be down if like Dobnak were to were for like a part of the year. But we need like, in my opinion, two other signings. So if we get like, um, if we go out sign Luis Castillo or Sonny Gray, that's one probably number one starter right there. Um, then in our bullpen, we've got like three or four holes that we need to fill up. Um, again, there are definitely options out here. I think like we were talking, I think we've talked about this a bit, but um, Ker- oh, also um, this is something else in news. Kirby Yates um, was talking to the Padres. Now he's not there. Now there's like five teams that are interested in him. And we're really hoping that the twins are one of them. Yeah. Um, like Max was saying, I think the Yates would be great, but I just think anyone would be great at this point. And we do this every offseason where you complain about how long it's taking. And at the end of the offseason, we end up looking back like last year. We were at the same point last year, pretty much. We were complaining. Our podcast, we were, why aren't the Twins signing anyone? All the great free agents, all the really good free agent starters are off the market, and we haven't gotten any of them. And then we went out and traded for Kent Maeda. He was better than any of those guys this year. But I just – Every year, it's like it's really hard to wait when you know there's good options out there and you want to see a team that's got a chance to be the be- one of the best in baseball just keep waiting and waiting. And I, it makes it really hard to be a fan. And as much as I think that the basketball offseason stinks because it's so short, it's two days and everyone's signed, I, ha- I respect that a little bit because teams take care of business and they get what they want to get and they got the rest of the offseason to look at your what your team is, not – think about what they potentially could be and i just i'm done with waiting man i want something to happen max exactly the front office um granted they don't sit around all day on their butts in, during the regular season but a good amount like a, a lot of their job is making good signings so you're waiting the entire year you're analyzing everything that's happening. You're saying, you're saying, Hey, well, this is, this is what's happening with our team in, in this, like in this area and this, in this area, you know, these are the things we need to improve on. They're professionals with this in 2019. We got so in um, a while before that we got some new GMs. We saw the results in 2019, such an improved team. Now, why do you not have this figured out already? I don't, I know we, I, the twins have got to have a plan. I hope they do by now. They probably should. They probably do. But I, you, we can't just be flailing our arms around saying, what are we going to do now? We need to make a signing, a confident signing. We can't go out and sign some average guy. Like I understand signing like James Paxton or um, like Joaquin Soria, but those aren't guys that are going to win you a World Series. That's just my opinion. I think we can still win a World Series with the lineup we have now. Well, it has to go right. But if we get those fourth and fifth starters that could be converted into like a first or like first and fifth starter, whatever, you know, it depends on what, like who we sign. And, you know, we fill up some depth, depth issues with the lineup. We get some solid relief, uh, some solid bullpen options. I think we, we've been so good at being financially strategic. We've made so many good signs on like in steals and stuff like Maeda. I know that was not a free agent signing. That was a trade. We got such a steal with that, such an under-the-radar signing. And still, nobody's really talking about how good of a signing that was. Um, but the Twins fans know how good of a signing that was. Um, we just – I agree. We need to do something. Yeah. And I'm sure the op- the front office is busy. They're making calls. They know who they want to get. I'm sure they've got some free agents or 
trade targets they've got their eye on that we don't think we haven't thought about once. We think that why would we want to get those guys? But they're probably thinking these are the perfect guys for us. We see some opportunity to make them the next Kenta Maeda or the next Nelson Cruz. But I just it's hard not knowing that and it's frustrating that they aren't giving us anything to think about. All we got is Hansel Robles and we're obviously hoping that something's going to happen soon. But while we wait, I think we now want to talk a little bit about some additions Twins did make, even if they aren't going to affect us for another for quite a while now. Uh, that was the international free agents uh, where the signing day was yesterday. And that is the day when all p- players from uh, any countries in North and South America, except for the U.S. and Canada, can sign as free agents. Mexico, the Dominican Republic, Cuba, Venezuela, all those players are eligible to sign if they're over age 16. So the Twins signed a bunch of players, um, and they, most of them were 15, were 16, 17 years old. And these are guys that won't affect the Twins for a long time, but many of them are really high upside. You got any thoughts on any of those guys, Max? Yeah. Um, again, these aren't guys who we can just um... – I mean, we can dig deep and find out some stats, but these aren't guys who we know a crazy, crazy amount about because these are guys who are 16, 17, you know, they're in high school. They're, they're in their sophomore, junior, senior years. You know, they're young. They're so young. Um, and, you know, some of them could prove to be some of the better, like, top talent in the MLB. Some of them could, you know, be busts. Um, it's so hard to tell because they're so young. We signed a lot of shortstops, and this is not because um, we're um, we need shortstops. This is because if you if you think about like how hard it is to convert a guy like Sano to center field or whatever, you know, if you're 16 or 17, you have a lot more versatility because you have so much more time to learn new positions. You have so much more, like you have so much more of an open mindset. You know, like for me, I can go to center field, I can go to right field, I can go to, I can catch, I can pitch, you know, I can, I can do this if the coaches want me to do it, you know, like I'm open to do anything. Whereas these, if you look at these like veterans, like Nelson Cruz isn't going to go out and play center or field. I know he's 41, going to be 42 years old. So that's not what I'm saying, but um, the versatility in these younger guys, um, you know, we can move some of these short stops to, uh, third base, first base, second base. Some of them could play in the outfield, like corner outfielder areas. And so I think um, so many shortstops, that's definitely a reason. Because all these guys are usually the most athletic on the field, which in my in my eyes could make them a little bit more versatile. Yeah, if you look at the best players on most youth teams are going to be the shortstops or the catcher pretty much. Like those are the positions where you put your best players. The most part is going to be shortstop. Most has your most athletic player, and those are the guys that are going to get signed. Um, the top names twins got, they got Danny DeAndrade, who was the number 16 ranked international prospect this year. And Freddie LaFleur, uh, who's number 28th ranked uh, international prospect. And they, they got a bunch of guys who weren't in the top 30 international prospects, which is high as it, the rankings go. But these are just a bunch of guys who are really athletic. DeAndrade is almost guaranteed not to stick at shortstop long term. He's going to be most likely a third baseman, but he's got a great bat got big power for a athletic infielder and just lots of potential here and these are guys that you'll forget about them long before you see them play in the major leagues it'll be 2024 2025 at the earliest that you see any of these guys you probably won't see them till most of them till 2026 27 if you see them at all so these are things that aren't going to affect us anytime soon these are the things that 
while they're not signing guys for this year, the front office is probably focusing on. Uh, so again, this is an international signing. So most of these guys, we have Dominican Republic and Venezuela, I think are the only countries we send them from. Um, but yeah, so we got mainly shortstops. We have two catchers here. We've got an outfielder. We have a couple pitchers. So I think there's definitely, we made a lot of signings here. And I think this is good. You know, it's, it shows um, we're willing to make a lot of signings. And, you know, you look at, there are a bunch of other teams who made so many more. Like you look at the Mets, they made so many. But, like, the Yankees only made five signings. The, um, Of course, there are a lot of teams that made way more signings. But um, there, I, I think the Twins, de- I definitely call this a success. Uh, I really like the moves that were made. Yeah. Um, like I said, we won't see this for a while. But these are, for the most part, just getting these top guys is good. And it'll – hopefully these some of these guys will be superstars. We'll be talking about them in ten years. But most of them will probably never hear the names again. Um, do you have anything else you want to touch on this episode, Max? Uh, yeah. So, well, I was just – since we're getting closer to the MLB season, I kind of wanted to – again, we're a month out of spring training. Um, I wanted to, like, just kind of touch on the odds of everything at this point because for season length, um, the MLB is planning on a 162-game season, which is very good. Um then for attendance, another thing we have to take into account, um, fans were not allowed in the stadiums in uh, last season, of course, because of the virus. Um, this is expected to change at, to some extent, not, of course, not a full stadium, you know, but there, there's a chance that there will be fans. Malcolm, do you want to touch on this a bit too? Yeah, Bomber Breakdown has a source that works with Twins that says that as of right now, they're planning to have fans at limited capacity in target field to start the season. Um, They would obviously be very socially distanced, wearing masks, following all the rules. And our main priority here is safety. We want to make sure that this doesn't make anything worse around the country, around the world for people, make it spread the virus, make any, put anyone at risk. But if we feel like, if they feel like they can do it safely, it would be so much fun to be at a baseball game again, Max. We do this, and we love watching, and we love watching on TV. But most of all, the best thing in the world is to be at the ballpark, watch your favorite team play, get to cheer for them. It's just such a great feeling, and the fact that we have a chance to potentially do this next year is so exciting to me. Yeah, I nothing to me is more exciting. I know I hear this all the time from my friends about how boring baseball is, but nothing to me beats, well, first of all, playing baseball, but also going out to a Twins game seeing these big name guys like you like there's such a difference in watching Byron Bucks on TV hearing about his stats and then you watch him play and you just see the raw talent there like you just see these catches and it's like a routine fly out it's like the, the fact that the like direct routes he takes he's such a um the skill that is involved like the notes that can be taken from this is so fun I just love going to these games and man do I hope that there there are indeed fans of course this is hoping that um, the, the virus – the virus is at one of its, like, worst points so far. Um, it is kind of due for – I don't know. I Again, it's so hard to tell. I'm not a doctor. But I'm really hoping that at some point we can get back to full capacity during the season. I don't think it will be in the first couple, maybe few months. But um, it would be so fun to have happen. And, again – before this, 
we need signings. We need signings, signings, signings. Uh, if we want to see these guys, imagine. Could you imagine going to going to a Twins game, seeing Trevor Bauer throwing a complete game shutout for the Twins? You know, like at the stadium. How awesome would that be? Yeah, it'd be pretty crazy. Like you were saying, things. It's so much more impressive to watch baseball in person. I mean, it looks incredible on TV, but if you go and sit there and watch the pitches come in, you think, how in the world do they ever hit those? And then you watch one of the guys connect on one, you think, how in the world does anyone ever get out? Like, yep. they're just so incredibly athletic that they're just on a whole other level from the rest of us. And seeing it in person is even more impressive than watching it on TV. And with what you're saying about it being safe, they're starting to get into wave two of the vaccinations, or they're hoping to get into that really soon. And then they're, after they start getting people who are more at risk and teachers and other frontline workers other than like the doctors who've already been vaccinated, then you can start getting into uh, vaccinating the general public. And when that starts happening, it's going to be safer and safer to intermingle and start doing stuff in the world again. And that's really what we're hoping for more than anything else is just to be able to see everyone again and have life at least somewhat close to where it normally was. And we're hoping that sometime this next summer, we can start getting closer to that point. For sure. I think that's going to do it for us today. A little bit of a shorter episode, but there hasn't been a lot going on. We're hoping we'll have some signings. If anything big happens, we'll come out with a podcast, an emergency podcast, to break down any big twin signings or trades. In the meantime, you can listen to us every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, where else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Bomba underscore Breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. You can find us on Twitter at Bomba Breakdown. Thanks for some Marvin Breakdown.